Come on, everybody, lift up your voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift it up. Lift it up. High, high. God, we need you here tonight. We need you here tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the mighty name of our God. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Expecting God to do great things. We are so thankful again for the opportunity to be here. Thank, thankful for Pastor Sister Calhoun and all their kindness to us and our family. They have been treating us better than we deserve. That's for sure. And uh, we do appreciate their hospitality. And uh, this church, Monday night, had a tremendous time with you. At family night, all of those who beat us, beat up on us, and during the softball, and then we played a little bit of basketball and had a good time with some of the young guys, and they were taking us to task, having a good. Let me tell you something: if there's a young person, it's fun living for God. I'm gonna say it again because I see a little sour faces around these young people it's fun living for god i love living for jesus christ hallelujah i love living for jesus christ now let me tell you something i I haven't always been perfect but i'll tell you one thing i have always had it in my heart to live for god and it has nothing to do with that that the psychologist would say that i was conditioned to live for God no I had to come to a decision that I purposed in my heart I will serve the Lord hallelujah and you're going to do that you're going to purpose it you're going to have to make a decision and draw a line and let God know I'm going to serve you with my to- the totality of who I am amen I am want to just just kind of echo the comments of pastor Cajon, this Saturday, if you can be here, and I'm going to put it on you right now. I know you like me. I know you like me, so I'm just going to ask you, if you could be here, would you slip up your hand? I, I know I'm putting you on the spot right now, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Would you give all these wonderful people a hand? Thank you so much. It's going to be a tremendous time, tremendous time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You're going to be a great, great time. And I believe God's going to do something. Let me tell you something. I believe that we can have whatever God wants us to have. I believe that we need to take the limits off of our paradigms. Come on, you've gone through enough revivals to know, well, this, this old boy, he'll be on the way a little bit. And we'll go, no, 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 no. I'm talking about a revival that outlasts a man. I'm talking about a revival that outlasts a ministry. A revival that keeps on turning all the way through 2012 till Jesus comes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I I have walked into places and we have a paradigm of how we expect things to be. And we limit our experiences by our expectations. That's the truth. Bible says that Jesus went to the place of his birth. He went to the place where people expected very little. Because they knew him for, 
from being a, a, a boy that he was just the son of Joseph the carpenter. So he walked into those coasts and the Bible said that when he walked into that region he did not many miracles. The question is, is did his power change? Did he all of a sudden lose his power somewhere in his travels back to Nazareth and back to Beth? No. He had healed the sick. He had raised the dead. He had opened up the blinded eyes. But he walked into a place where their expectations and their limits were very small. And he said, well, I will do exactly what you expect. If tonight we can take the limits off of God and say, God, I don't even, I can't even fathom what you're going to do in this house. I have never even seen it. Let me tell you something. I believe, I don't care how long you've been living for God, I believe we can have things happen in this service and on Sunday that we have never seen happen before. It's not because I'm preaching. It's not because I'm here. It's because God can always do just something a little bit better. God can always outdo himself. I wish you'd just shoot your hand straightward and just say, God, would you take off my paradigm? Take the limits off of my mind. Let me believe for the impossible. Let me believe for the supernatural. Let me believe. Let it blow my mind tonight. Come on, folks, lift up your hands. Lift up your faith right now. Jesus, we believe. Jesus, we believe. Jesus, we believe all things are possible. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That principle tells us that atmosphere matters. That principle tells us that atmosphere can make all of the difference. We just came through Valentine's I know I'm taking my time, but, 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 but we just came through Valentine's Day. Let me tell you something. Valentine's Day, atmosphere matters. You don't come home after work, guys, in the grubbies. You get in the shower. You're going to clean up. You're going to have dinner reservations. You better have some lilies or some, 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 some violets, or you better have some roses, or you better have some chocolates. Uh, that, that old, that, that, that young lady that you've married that's so beautiful before you, she's got her perfume on. You dim the lights. You turn on the music. You check and you set the atmosphere because atmosphere matters. Atmosphere sets the stage. It sets the ambiance. And church, I'm not pushing you because this is an awesome church, but let me just tell you, church is not meant to be a dead atmosphere. He's not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. Why do we sing songs? Because we're lively stones. We're not just dead old rocks. We're lively stones. He's put a song in our heart that the angels cannot sing. Glory. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor. Give him a high five and say, I'm a lively stone. I'm a lively stone. Hallelujah. 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 Turn to somebody else. Say, atmosphere matters.
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I guess I'm just ignorant enough to believe that God wants to outdo Himself every time we come to the house of the Lord. Maybe I haven't been around the block as much as some of you, but I just have a, I just have a feeling that I, I, I serve an infinite God, that there is, there is no ending to His blessing, that right when I get to, a, to what I think is the ending, I, I just reach out a little bit more, and I thought, oh, He's greater than that. And, and all of a sudden, when I got to the end of my rope, and I thought He had stopped blessing me, I just reached out a little bit more, and He said, no, boy, there's more where that came from. Can I tell you, we are serving an infinite powerful, wonderful, glorious, omnipotent. There's nothing He can't do. There's nobody He can't heal. There's nobody that He cannot save. You're here tonight. I want you to know you can receive the Holy Ghost tonight. You don't have to wait one more night. You can receive it tonight. If you believe that, put your hands together. Let's clap our hands unto the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew, the 16th chapter. And going to read a scripture that undoubtedly you have read many times. But I will say that I feel very confident tonight. In fact, I would suspect that somewhere between Sunday night and today I have had no less than two or three confirmations of what I felt God put on my heart. Amen. And uh, I believe God's about to just show off in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's about to do something great. Matthew chapter 16. And would you look down at verse 13. The Bible says, And when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they say, Some say that Thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I... I want you to notice that personal pronoun. This is not your church. This is not my church. This is not even pastor's church. Jesus said, if there's going to be anybody doing the building, I... I'm going to build the church. One place Paul said, he said, there's one that soweth, one that watereth, but it's God who gives the increase. God's going to build this church. 
Hallelujah. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the kingdom, keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. I want to just preach to you on a, this very simple thought. And we'll try to be mindful of the time. But I want you to stay with me. Because I believe. I'm, going to just, I, I'm not saying this in hyperbole. Because I know preachers often use that. And so they use it so much that it actually loses its effect. Um, but I believe. I really do believe that this is a very pivotal service tonight. I really do. And the reason that I believe that is because we've been having some moves of the Holy Ghost. And right about right here is where we're going to have to determine where we're going with this. Some of us say, well, we've had a good move of the Holy Ghost. We've had, I don't know, it doesn't matter numbers, but we've had 7, 8, 9, 10, get the Holy Ghost, whatever it is. Let me tell you something, though. We've got to determine right here where we're going with this. And I believe that this service can be the seminal moment that will begin to continue to catapult our momentum upward, to catapult our trajectory, to continue to invade the kingdom of darkness and show forth the praises of Him who have brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Bibles down and hands up. Would you just lift up your voice one more time? And would you begin to pray right now? Hallelujah. I know we've done it already. But would you pray for the soil of your soul? Come on, pray for the soul of your soul. I'm preaching to every person under the sound. If you're a guest or a visitor, I'm preaching to you. If you're a saint, I'm preaching to you tonight. I'm preaching to myself tonight. I'm preaching to everybody. Lord, let your, my voice come forth. Let there be a sword in my voice. Let it pierce, God, the kingdom of darkness, that you may arise and our enemies be scattered. We give you praise. Would you put your hands together here tonight as you're seated hallelujah i'm going to preach to you on this subject territorial instinct come on put together everybody i know you're seated put your hands together let's give god a little bit of praise hallelujah i have said it many times already but uh we are engaging and we are enlisted into a spiritual war when you got the Holy Ghost you were now pinned on your lapel was the fact that you are a soldier of the cross amen that in, invisible unseen and intangible we cannot see the angelic hosts that stand guard right in this service tonight. I believe in angels. I believe in angelic hosts. I believe that there are there is an unseen world by the naked eye. I believe that there is at work in the world the kingdom of darkness. I do believe in evil. I do believe that there are plots hatched straight out of hell 
that war for the souls of humanity. I believe with all of my heart that there are kingdom, there is a kingdom of darkness, that there is a devil, and there are imps that are hatched straight from hell. Whether or not you understand this, that you are engaged in this warfare. You are engaged by the very kingdom of darkness. I don't know what it is, Pastor, and why the devil has it out, but it is the very mission statement of hell. And we have heard it said already in this revival, but his mission statement is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Let me tell you something. The devil hates every single one of us here. The devil hates us. In fact, he hates the fact that we came on a Wednesday night to magnify the only saving name, the name of Jesus Christ. The devil hates that you took time to lift up your hands tonight and magnify the name of the Lord Jesus. The devil hates when you begin to clap your hands. The devil hates when you begin to lift your voice and give praise to the only one true and living King. The devil hates when the people of God gathered together because what you are doing is more than just clapping your hands but you are sounding off spiritual ammunition against the very gates of hell that there are bullets flying there are things happening in the spirit realm it seems like it's just a hand clap but it's more than a hand clap there's something happen when I begin to magnify that wonderful name of Jesus when I stretch forth my hands and I surrender to God there are angels that are dispatched that are fighting for me there's a battle that is waging I praise him why is it? Why is it that Lucifer hates us? Stay with me just a moment. Why is it that the devil hates us? Why is it that he de- tries to destroy every single one of us? Why is it that it doesn't seem like his appetite for destruction is ever quenched? Why is it it's because this battle started a long time ago? This battle predates Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. This battle predates the very beginning of time when it it goes back to the very days what I believe when the Lord Himself created His angelic hosts, Michael and Gabriel and that musician, Lucifer. And all of a sudden the Bible says and the prophet Isaiah gives to us just a quick snapshot of what transpired in that timeless eternity when he begins to tell us how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above of the stars of God I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high 
The moment that that thought entered into the very the very mind of Lucifer, there began a battle. When he said, "I will ascend," I will be like God. I will leave this territory. I will take over God's territory. I will set up my own kingdom in the kingdom of God in the side of the north. I'm going to set up a little bit of a praise band to myself. I'm going to set up my own angelic entities. I'm going to set up my own kingdom. And let me tell you something. When news got around the kingdom of heaven that day, it wasn't very long where all of a sudden Jesus gives us a second glimpse and says when the Lord God Almighty saw that Satan wanted to ascend and be like him Jesus said this I saw Satan fall like lightning let me tell somebody here there's nothing like this one God message You know why the devil hates this church? It's because we have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. We have a revelation of who we're serving. We have a revelation of who our God is. We've got a revelation that it was God manifest in the flesh. It was God that was justified by the Spirit. It was God that was preached into the world, seen out of angels. It was God, and His name is his name is clap your hands to the Lord would you the devil hates this one God message because it was this one God message that got him kicked out of heaven don't think for a moment if God was not going to share his glory with Lucifer that he would share his glory with another person of the trinity If God, well, that doesn't even make sense to me. If God's not going to share His glory with Lucifer, He's not going to share His glory with another person in of the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. Can I tell you, there are three that bear record in heaven, and these three are one. It was God who created the heavens and the earth. It was God who upheld the universe with His hand. Hear it. There is none beside him, and there is coming none after him. John, in his, in his visions on the island of Patmos, he begins to see the visions of, of, of time gone by. And he says in Revelations chapter 12 and verse 7, he says, and there was war in heaven. Because God is not sharing his territory. You hear that? God is not sharing his territory. He's going to be the only one worthy of praise. He's going to be the only one getting the glory. There's not going to be anybody else usurping His authority. He's going to be the only one that's going to get the praise and the glory. And the Bible says that, that, that Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought 
his angels and prevailed not neither was their place found anymore in heaven and the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world ladies and gentlemen when Satan was cast out it was the end for him and the only place that he could go back down to was this earth stop and just say this you know why I believe pastor why James gives us a little bit of insight and says thou believest there is one God thou doest well the devils also believe and tremble you know why I believe they tremble because they were there They sat on the front row and saw, as it were, the mighty foot of God that gave an old kick to the backside of the devil and he fell to this earth like lightning. And all of those little imps, all one third of them, begin to go back down and say, we better get out of here. We, we thought Lucifer was going to do something great here. But, 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 but he, he, we're, we're no match for this great God. And all of a sudden, when they see and hear you say Jesus, there's like their flashback to that day when God was kicking them out. And God was kicking them out. And God would... That's why when we say Jesus, the devils tremble. The devils tremble. They don't know what to do because they know that there's only one God. There's only one God. There's only one God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. He is the root and the branch. He is the lily and the rose. There's no God but our God. Lift up your hands, would you, right now, just for a second. Sunday. Come on, everybody, would you just lift up your hands right now? Would you give Him the great praise that He is worthy of? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, He is the door to the sheepfold and He is the scape. He is the Father and He is the Son. Maybe seated. All of a sudden, there's a scene change. And we see that old serpent show up. In Genesis chapter 3. He said, well, if I can't build my kingdom in heaven, I'm going to try to build me a kingdom here on earth. He said, I'm going to use the very handiwork of God. I'm going to use the very creation of God to turn these people against their creator. And in 
doing so, I will have taken the affection, their affection, and their worship. And this is why Eve begins to begins to have dialogue with this old serpent. And this serpent begins to try to seduce Eve and say, Eve, didn't God say that thou shalt not? He begins to twist the word of God and twist what God tried to say. Let me let me tell you something. When the devil comes around, you ought not talk to him. When the devil comes around, let me tell you something. The first lesson is you don't even talk to the devil. And you can always know when the devil's around because all he wants to do is say, now didn't God say... He loves to twist the Scripture. He loves to twist the Word of God. But I would challenge you, you're not meant to talk to Him. You're meant to trample. The devil wants you to engage in a conversation. But I'm not here to engage in a conversation. I'm here to, I'm here to trample Him. I'm here to put Him under my feet. All of a sudden, the Bible tells us that Eve falls prey to that manipulator, that imposter, and that one that is trying to ascend. Hear me. The devil, all he's trying to do is build himself a kingdom. I want you just to get this with me. And all of a sudden, Jesus steps into the scene. And the devil, he's been working his plan. He's been sowing his seeds of discord. He's been sowing his, his evil plots hatched right out of hell. Instant in and amongst the people of God and in humanity. He's trying to become that prince and power of this air. He's trying to say that this earth is his. And all of a sudden, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 16 and verse and verse 14 and 15 that Jesus with his disciples, catch this, Jesus with his disciples, pastor, takes a 70-mile journey out away from where they were going and begins to head into the very coast of Caesarea Philippi. I have stood and I believe Pastor has as well at the place, the very head springs of what they call is the, the Caesarea Philippi where there was a grotto and a head spring that in these days in about 3 B.C. that has begun to occur in about 3 B.C. that here Jesus takes his disciples on a field trip as it were. He took them there, I believe, on purpose. He took them there intentionally. He took them there into that region where hell was hot. He took them into that region where it seemed that hell had a hold. He took them to that place where there were mythological creatures and mythological gods that had been worshipped for years. The God of Pan. I don't have time to get all into it. The God of Pan that, that, that Greeks had been 
begin to, to worship for years the God of, of, of the grottos and the God of the forests and the God of the animals. That there would be, history tells us that there would be sacrifices that would be up in that rock. Because if you go into Caesarea Philippi, there's, the, uh, there's a spring that sits right there at the very mouth of that cave. And there you can see the inscriptions that are all along the rock walls of, of Caesarea Philippi. You will see all of the Greek mythological characters that have been etched into the rock there. It was the god of Pan that had been worshipped. It was all of the Greek mythological gods and, and nymphs that had been worshipped. The nymphs were the gods of the spring that were worshipped. The gods of sexual uh, 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 immorality and, and intimacy that were worshipped. They were the gods that, that, that never died according to Greek mythology. And here, I want you to see this, that here Jesus goes to the very mouth of the cave where there had been pagan religion for hundreds and hundreds of years. He goes to the very place that had been predominant in their mind where, where, where it would seem that the kingdom of darkness was alive and well. He took them to the very mouth of the place where I wonder if Peter and James and John looked at each other and said, hey, we're, we're going into territory that, that we ought not be in here. That, that we don't feel comfortable here. There's people in, that, that are worshiping pagan gods. But Jesus walks to the very mouth of that cave and he says, devil, the fight is still on. He looks up and he says and tells Peter, I believe that upon this rock, he looks across the grotto. He looks across the spring. He looks across the place where the pagan altars have been decimated and he looks and says upon this rock upon the very place where hell has tried to have his hold on the very place and at the very location where hell hell thinks that he's got his grass he said at this place boys I will build my church You know what I believe? I believe Jesus was letting the devil know the owner has arrived. Because my Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Can I tell you, the devil doesn't own the shoes he has. Everything he's got, it's the Lord's. Everything he wants, it's the Lord's. And when hell begin to hear the echo of Christ's words, the devils begin to tremble and they said, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? And the Lord said, I'm about to build my church and the gates of hell shall not they will not they cannot stand against can I tell somebody right now you ought to rise to your feet and say I'm a part of a church that's alive and well I'm a part of a church that's on the rise Can I tell you, we're not going down. We're going up. Our greatest days are not behind us, baby. They're in front of us. 
The devil's never seen this church in this condition before. The devil's never seen me pray like I'm fixing to pray. The devil's never seen me evangelize like I'm about to evangelize. Devil, you better know my God will build this church. Be seated. Jesus strides into that environment and says, It doesn't matter. I've kicked you out once, I'll kick you out again. Let me tell you something. God has all authority. God has all power. The devil is not going to be our problem. If we can start recognizing that we're on the winning side, maybe some of us will shake ourselves and recognize we've got to be doing more for God than we've ever done before. Let me tell you something. You were predestined to win. You might lose a few battles, but you're not going to lose this war. You might lose a few days. Let me tell you something. Rejoice not against me, O my enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. And Jesus walks foot and begins to stride confidently. You know what I believe he was doing, sister? I'm not a hunter. In fact, pastor has talked to me a little bit about bow hunting. And I have sat with bated breath like an ignorant, listening to him, trying to learn. I'm just a California boy. We don't really have hunting out there. One thing I know about hunting And one thing I know about the animal kingdom is that there is something that is known as a territorial instinct. I don't know much about it, but they tell me that moose and lions and other felines, and in fact, some of you, your little Fifi the dog that's at home, does some of these spraying techniques stay with me I began to study this and I found out that wolves they love to mark out their territory that although they travel in packs they will lift up and they will spray their scent upon a tree or upon a rock or upon some brush just to let all of the other animal kingdom know this is my area the resources in this area it's my food my kids And my little wolf pups 
are living with me right here. And unless you want to fight, you better not cross that scent. I began to read a little bit more and found out that wolves will often place their scent on spots even where other wolves or raccoons or coyotes or foxes or skunks have left their spray. You know what I believe was happening? Bears, they tell me. I've not hunted bear much. But they tell me bears, they do this. They'll go up. I don't even see anything right. But they'll go up to a tree. And they'll lift up on that back leg. And they'll get their back. And what they're doing, it sounds funny. It's not they have an itch. It's they're putting a scent on their tree. Let me tell you something. You know what Jesus was doing? He was walking into the devil's territory and says, I know you've marked that spot. I know you think that's yours, but I'm about to mark this territory because I'm taking something back. I've come to tell this church something. You've had some territory for a little while, but I feel a wind of the Spirit that says get out into places that you hadn't gone yet. And why don't you mark your spiritual territory? Why don't you tell hell, hell, we're going beyond where we've ever been. Hell, we're going to see people baptized that we've never thought would come. I've come to tell you, you need to mark your territory. I'm going to tell some of you, some of you, I know you young people don't get mad at me, but I'm going to tell you, some of you parents, you know what you need to do? You need to walk around, and you need to, I know it sounds funny, but you need to get your back if you need to. You need to go to your kid's room and say, baby, the devil's not getting you. I know it's funny, but I've come to tell hell. You've had, you lost your last young person. I'm spreading my scent. Hell cannot protrude past this point. I've come to tell some mama you need to get down on your knees and begin to pray the blood all across your house and say you won't have this family. You won't have this marriage. You won't have my babies. You won't have my joy. Devil, thanks. That this earth is his. The devil thinks that this city is his. The devil thinks that there's a dimension that he can stand foot at and hold us at bay. Let me tell you something. I believe I believe the devil's okay with us coming and have a little bit of church. As long as we don't go past the point. That stopped us for years. 
I believe the devil's okay with us having maybe a couple people get the Holy Ghost because he's in a war and he says okay I'll trade a few little pawns as long as I win the game let me tell you something there has got to be something that rises inside of this church that says no every time devil you have tried to rise up against us every time we've had a little bit of revival and a little bit of momentum you've allowed us something to just rear its ugly head let me just tell, tell you something if you're going to get to where you want to go there's going to be some opposition if you're going to walk into the places that God desires you to go there's going to be some opposition just because you spread your scent, don't think for a moment that the devil's going to run and hide. But when you spread your scent, what you're telling him is, I'm ready to fight. And I'm telling you, there's a spirit that will get inside of us that we'll have a few weeks of revival where five or ten get the Holy Ghost. But all of a sudden, when it's that pivotal time, and we're going to have to push, and we're going to have to fight, because I'm telling you right now, I, have, I know of what I speak. I'm preaching to people that things have been happening even in the past couple of days, that things have been rearing their ugly head just in the past couple of days and you're thinking what in the world is going on what is happening devil why are you attacking me like this why are my kids going nuts why is my wife my husband what's happening at my job what in the world is happening it's because sir ma'am you are in a war and just because you begin to spray your scent on some, some uncharted territory don't think that it's going to come easy don't think that it's just going to be given to you don't think for a moment that you're just going to kind of gallivant into that territory. Brother, when you spray that sin in the very, the very face of hell, you better see and recognize that there's a devil that's going to jump up and say, no, you're not going to have that without a fight. But I've come to remind you, you need to gird up your loins with truth and say, greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. I've come to tell you we're not going to have the harvest without a fight. We're not going to have the backsliders without a fight. We're not going to have the prayer meetings without a fight. We're not going to have the, the evangelism without a fight. We're not going to have bad spirits become good spirits without a fight. We're not going to have bad attitudes become positive attitudes without a fight. Lift your hands right now. Lift your hands right now, everybody. Come on, lift up your hands right now. Holy Ghost is going to move. I'm about done, but just, just, just stay with me. Lift up your hands right now. Let me tell you something. The Bible tells us 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verses 8 and 9. Paul is writing to the church of Corinth and he tells them this. He says, but I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost for a great and effectual excuse me, a great door and an effectual is open unto me. But he stops. And he says, and there be many adversaries. What he was telling us is don't think you're going to take territory without there being adversity. If you look back, I don't have time to get all of this, but this in Acts chapter 19, all of a sudden the amount of revival that he was experiencing in Ephesus, he walked, he walked into Ephesus and he saw some of John's disciples, people that we would say were denominal people, and, and they just they had half of a baptism. They were baptized unto repentance, and all of a sudden he starts baptizing people from across church, across town that didn't have the truth. He starts baptizing them in Jesus' name. And then all of a sudden the Bible tells us that for, for, for an entire month or two months, three months, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. He began to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the resurrection. And all of a sudden demons were, were cast out. And, and the Bible says that, that the word of God and the, the power of God grew. And in fact, there was such a revival, Brother Smith, that there, there, were, there were people that were engaged in witchcraft and people that were engaged in magical art books. And they took all of their magical witchcraft books that, that, that totaled over 50,000 pieces of silver and the Bible says that they took all those books and they burned them and the Bible says that in all in the space of two years all of Asia heard the word of the Lord I'm talking about a harvest I'm talking about revival. But on the other side, he was thrown out of the synagogue. On the other side, he wrestled with the beast of Ephesus. On the other side, he was a man by the name of Demetrius the silversmith that created gods for the god of Artemis that began to rise up in opposition to the man of God and said we need to throw Paul out of town and for two whole hours he got all of those pagan devil worshipers to stand at the very foot of that pagan temple and say great is the god Artemis and Paul said there's great harvest but it hadn't come without a fight I'm going to tell us right here if you want to go beyond into places that you have never penetrated you better get ready to fight. 
Because I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost is that there could be a rise where there is a mighty, mighty outpouring of revival and harvest. But I have come to tell you, it is not the time. I have seen it happen in our local church. I was talking to Pastor about this. In our local church, our home church that we're out of, all of a sudden we would get to a number. We would get to a place in revival. And then right when we got to that place, it was like the devil drew the line and said, no, you're not going one more day. You're not going one more person past that number. You're not going one more service having church like that. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm about to unleash my fury on the people of God, and they're not going to be able to stand against it. And we get distracted, and we get deterred. But I've come to tell this church, Landmark, we are at the precipice of something great. We are at the precipice of marking our territory. We are at a place where there can be an overflow of God's power, of God's anointing, of harvest that begins to walk into this city but I've come to tell you where are my soldiers where are the people that will stand and fight it's not going to come without blood it's not going to come without tears it's not going to come without worship we've got to mark this territory lift your hands everybody Right now, would you just begin to speak out to God right now? Come on, right now. I'm telling you, I'm feeling it. We're bumping up against it right now. We're bumping up against it right now. I'm telling you, would you push right? Did you fight right now? Come on, just right now. Just with me right now. If you want to stand to your feet, stand to your feet. If you want to be right, sit down, sit down. But lift your voice, lift your hands right now. And would you begin to fight and praise God for just one more moment? Come on, I believe. I believe, I believe that God is going to use us. I believe that the devil's not going to be able to stand. I believe that we're going to walk into this city and walk into neighborhoods and walk into this community and begin to say, no, no, you've had this neighborhood long enough. This is God's neighborhood. This is God's family. This is God's people. Hallelujah. 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 Shanda Let me tell you, in Numbers chapter, I believe 14, Israel wanted the promise, Brother Doc, but they didn't want the fight. Sis, Israel had the fruits of the land. But they didn't want the fight. They saw the evidence of a place that they were right on the precipice of. 
But they said, oh, and we saw the children of Anak there. And they be mightier than I. And we were just merely grasshoppers in their sight. Let me tell you something. We often misunderstand what inheritance is all about. Inheritance is about, isn't about just something easy. They thought this is going to be the land that was sworn to Abraham and to your forefathers. But we want the inheritance without a little bit of struggle. Brother Brian, come here. Let me tell you something. You know what I see in the Holy Ghost? I know this is about to be a little bit humorous. Why don't you stand right here? He make a good devil right here, didn't he? He looks like a devil. Let me tell you something. When you take, you take territory, this is what this old boy is going to do. Here's what we do. We take a few steps back and we lapse in to the place that we're comfortable in. But let me tell you, when you walk in, push me, boy. You better walk back and push that boy. He's going to take another step. He's gonna come. I'm going to push him again. And I'm going to take some more steps. And he's going to again. Can I tell somebody something? I wish that would rise up in this church that says, devil, you won't have me. Devil, we're about to push back. We're going to push back. You've been growling. You've been barking for too long, but it's our time. It's our day. It's our moment. We're not going to take it. Not one more day. just about done you can stay standing you see whatever you want to do you know every preacher has this story about almost getting beat up in school sister Calhoun you know I noticed that you can't be a preacher unless you have a story about bully coming and beating you up at school I don't know how many preachers anybody heard that story that preacher said I had a bully I was just a little old guy but all of a sudden rose something rose up in me and I just walloped him right in the nose and he never picked on me again And what? if you want to be a preacher you better get a story like that so let, let some bully come and beat you up real quick my story's real you know why because the outcome is embarrassing and I wouldn't tell this story unless it was going to help me get something accomplished in this service. I remember I was in sixth grade. And I was much like I was then. Tall and thin. Not really. I was short. Little pudgy boy. Some freckles scattered across my cheeks and nose. I don't know what this old guy and 
I don't you probably don't have a map back here, but we we in the nineties we had some some guys he were he was a Hispanic fella. His name was Hoser. Kind of like Joker. Now when I come from, they would say, Odale, what's up, Hoser eh? That's how they would talk. Odale Vato. Como estás, eh? Don't miss it. Don't worry about it. My, my, my wife, she's Hispanic. She gets it. But this old guy, there in Southern California, the big fad and all the gangsters, they had Raiders gear on, man. It was black and silver. And it was Raiders. And they would crease their black 501 jeans. And after school, they would sit on the street corner with their Nike Cortez classics. And they would say, Odele, what's up, eh? And I was in sixth grade. Little short, fat, pudgy kid. Just minding my own business, Sister Liz. And all of a sudden... Hoser's friend, big lanky tall Mike, said, Hey, Brandon, Hoser wants to meet you after school. <laughs> he looked at me and says, I think he wants to beat you up. I'm telling you, I was a short little fat white boy, scared to death of old gangster Hoser who probably had a knife on him or something, I was thinking. All these my things were coming in my head. I was scared to death. I went through lunch, couldn't barely eat my lunch. I went through the entire day through recess. I didn't even want to go to recess. I would sit there right by my sixth grade door trying to just hurry up and get back into the class just in case he wanted to get started early. All of a sudden, the school bell goes off. And there's only one way out to where I'm going. And it's crossed that big soccer field and crossed that ball diamond. And there was a little, little, little place in the gate, that chain link fence, where I would walk home. And I look out, and there, there in the few distance, I see Hoser. Posted up with his Nikes on, his black 501s, his Raiders paraphernalia, his hair slicked back, kind of hanging out. And let me tell you something about Hoser. He, needed, he didn't have a dentist because his teeth were jacked. His teeth were like crossed one another. His teeth were messed up. I mean, it just was like an old mangy dog. And when he smiled, it was just even more frightening. And I'm walking fast as I can. Got my little Jan Sport, good old preppy backpack on. I'm trying to get out of there. And if I'm lying, I'm dying. And I'm going to be frying. 
I walked through that. I walked through that entrance, Sister Calhoun. I looked to the right. I didn't pass go. I didn't collect $200. I didn't do anything. I didn't look at Hoser. But let me tell you, I picked up my feet and I ran like I was an Olympic gold medal Olympic track star and ran all the way down Cambridge Street, went to Lincoln and finally found 1517 Cambridge and fell into my mama's arms. Let me tell you something. That's exactly what some of you do. And that's exactly what some of our churches do. They get pushed and they run away. They get pushed and they go back to the same place of their comfort level. They get pushed because the devil wants you to think that there is, there is poison in his venom. The devil wants you to think that there is power in his left paw. The devil wants you to think that he can intimidate you. The devil wants you to think that you can't have the revival. The devil wants you to think that we can't pray a hundred people through to the Holy Ghost. The devil wants you to think that we can't see this place packed out. The devil wants you to think, well, we've done Saturday evangelism for. It's just going to be the same old, same old. And all of a sudden, all he's doing is being like Hoser posted up trying to intimidate the people of God can I tell somebody something it's time for us to rise and to say devil you've marked your territory long enough but the God that is inside us said that we are well able the God that is for us said that we can have whatever he has promised us to have ladies and gentlemen it is time it is is high time that we awake out of our sleep awake out of our slumber and shake ourselves and enlist once again in the army of the Lord stand to your feet you know what I found out later this is no slight if you know my father you know he walks with a little bit of a limp but you know what I found out Pastor Calhoun later on in that school year that old hoser he really wasn't that intimidating after all he looked the part but I didn't know that that old boy he walked like this I didn't find out till weeks later that he had a problem with his right leg. And there was no way, Brother Cameron, he was ever going to catch me. And he used his face. And he used his intimidation. And he used all of his paraphernalia to try to get me scared, to get me defeated, to get me to think that I couldn't win, to get me to... To cower in fear he used but all I had to do to that old boy was go to his leg and just and if I would have known it was that easy 
And if I would have known, I wouldn't have ran home to mama. I would have looked him in the eye and said, I refuse to live underneath your intimidation. The Bible says that we're going to look narrowly upon the devil and say, you mean this is the fella that made the earth to tremble. I've come to tell Landmark, it's time to mark your territory. Lift up your hands right now. Come on, lift up your hands right now. Come on, lift up your hands. I want you right now to begin to tell hell. Hell, we're about to walk into a place that you've been trying to keep us from, but we're walking forward with a fight. We're walking forward in victory. You know what I believe Israel was doing? I'm done. You're going to just get ready to come up here. You know what I believe Israel was doing in Jericho? They were just marking their territory. He said, don't fight. He said, just mark your territory. You know what you need to do? You need to go to your house, go to your neighborhood, go to Texarkana, and just start walking around it and saying, you know, devil, I think we'll spray a little prayer right here. I think we'll stop right here on this street corner, and we're just going to have a Holy Ghost fit right here. We're just going to mark it right here. I'm going to tell you, God has given us this city. question is are you up to the fight if you say preacher I'm ready to fight I want you to come with your hands lifted I want you to run to this front right now lift your hands don't pray yet but just come with your hands lifted come on the Holy Ghost is about to move right now <laughs> come on some of you I know you're, you're looking at your watch right now saying it's 920 you're going to have to fight past some things right now Come on, I, I know some of you saying, I've got to wake up tomorrow. No, 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 no. Come on, you've got to fight tonight. Come on, come, come, come quickly. Quickly, quickly, come. Come on, there is a territorial instinct. There is a territorial instinct. Shata yandala bosata. All right. Here we go. Here we go. The fight has already started. But here's what I want you to know we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. And what he tries to do is after we have taken a little bit of territory, he pushes us back. And when he pushes us back, we get distracted and we get detoured from where we're supposed to go. Here's the prayer we're going to pray tonight. Is God, I am here for the long haul and I am here to fight. 
And after you have made that proclamation in the heavenlies, I want you right now, just after you have done that, to lift your voice and begin to speak with the power of your tongue and say, I take back family. I take back pe- I want you to name people. I want you to name families. I want you to name streets. I want you to name neighborhoods. I want you to name Texarkana. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? It's what you, you're, you're off your rocker. No, I want the devil to hear it's not like going to be like it's been before. We're going to rise up. We're not going to stop. We're not going to be intimidated. We're not going to stop until we possess the promise. We're not going any further. You're not going any further in our family. Lift up your hands right now and would you begin to pray Come on, lift your hands right now. Come on, lift up your voice. You've got to serve, and serve notice on hell right now. I refuse. I refuse to stop. You can do what you want to do. You can attack my family. But I've come to tell you, I've got a scent that I'm about to rub all over my house. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the testimony of Jesus Christ. And you won't be able to stand against it. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice right now. We take authority over every spirit. We take authority over every spirit. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, lift up your voice. That's somebody, you're going to have to get angry. You're going to have to get mad. You're going to have to get beside yourself. Devil, you've come against our church for too long. We're going to rise up in victory. Come on, close your eyes. Lift up your voice and begin to pray right now. Come on, speak. Speak those things that are not as though they were. I want you to call backslidden sons back home. I want you to call backslidden daughters back home. I want you to call backslidden families back home. Come on, resist the devil. Resist the devil. Resist this devil. Don't sit on your hands, but begin to fight. Don't sit on your hands, but begin to fight. Come on, push back. Push back. Push back. There it is. Go. Go in God. Go in God. Come on, young man. I want you to fight the adversary. There's a revival. There's a harvest. But there are many adversaries. 
There's a great door, but there are many adversaries. Lift up your hands. Come on, don't stop. The Holy Ghost is going to break in this house. I'm waiting for somebody to just get mad at the devil. I'm waiting for somebody just to get mad at hell. I'm waiting for somebody to just get tired of the intimidation. I'm just waiting for... Come on, help me now. Come on, that's it. That's it. Come on, I can't pray your prayers. Come on, I can't fight your battle. Come on, I can't fight your battle. You're going to have to engage it yourself. You're going to have to get in it yourself. Come on, I want you to lift your hands right now. And would you plead the blood of Jesus? Come on, lift up your hands and would you plead the blood of Jesus?
Come on, that's it. Pray right now. Pray. Don't look around. But if you need to hit your knees, hit your knees. But right now, we need to let hell know we mean business. We need to let hell know we will we will prosper. Come on. That's it. There it is. Push past. Push past it. You might have to get violent. You might have to get violent with hell. It might, it might take a fight, but it's worth it. Come on, I've come to tell you, Texarkana, there's a spirit that is standing in front of the door. Let's push past it. There is an adversary that is standing in the door. But we will fight. We will fight. We will mark our territory. We will not accept defeat. We will not accept defeat. I'm talking to a daddy. Daddy, you need to pray. You need to hit your knees for your family. I need some elders to hit their knees to pray against the spirit of this world. We're not going down. We're going up. Devil, you've been coming after my family in this revival in the next couple of days. I'm telling you prophetically, there is going to be a shaking. But in that shaking, do not retreat, but go forward. In that shaking, do not retreat, but go forward. 